You're listening to Turn the Page, a bookish podcast about all things fantasy, YA, LGBT and romance. Each month we'll be reviewing new books, sharing our thoughts on the latest book news and events and hosting our monthly book club. And now over to our hosts, Kaylee and Sophie. Hello, thank you for joining us for the March episode of the Turn the Page podcast. I'm here as always with Sophie. Hi Sophie. Hello. Today our episode is about audiobooks. Um, audiobooks are amazing and during our last podcast meeting Sophie and I had a chat about how audiobooks aren't really mentioned enough and promoted enough. Um, narrators put so much work into bringing characters and stories to life and we often forget to mention them. So today we're going to be talking all about our favourite audiobooks and narrators and what we love so much about audiobooks. But first I think we should talk a little bit about what we've been reading lately. Sophie do you want to start us off? Uh, yeah, I haven't really read that much, to be honest, just with it being a busy month. Okay, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. I haven't read anywhere near as much as I usually do. No, I feel like I did really well the month before, and I read quite a lot. Yeah, see, I feel like I've had a bad year for books, to be fair. Like, I feel like everything's sort of been letting me down. Yeah. I've only had a few, a couple of books that have been really good. And I feel like a lot of them have been really pants. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I just haven't been enjoying them enough. Um, so, yeah, and I, I have been struggling a little bit with the time just this past month as well. So, yeah, I haven't read much either. Yeah. Um, I, f- I finished Cemetery Boys. Yes. I'm not sure if we talked about that. I don't know if I'd finished that on the last podcast or not. Mm, I'm not sure whether you had. I know we, we discussed it briefly. No, I hadn't finished it, had I? No, you hadn't finished it, but we did obviously talk talk about yeah, it yeah. because it was our book of the month, wasn't it, last yeah. month? So I finished that and that was amazing. Yeah, um, I agree. It was really good. And you know what, with that, the more that I think back on it, like I've had time for it to sit because it was about a month ago when I finished that, yeah. the more I think about it, I feel like the better it was, Yeah. if that makes sense. I almost feel like I want to change my review and give it more stars because it, I was gonna it's say, just... you were a bit... It like, first, yeah, when I, re- when I first finished it, I was like, oh, it was really good. But it wasn't, like, amazing. But the longer it's been, I just keep remembering mm. bits from it and just how it made me feel. And I'm just thinking, like, you know, I might have not been as fair as maybe. Yeah. I, I just feel differently about it now. Julian's still my favourite character. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so sweet. I like them all. I quite like Maritza as well. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, Yadriel was amazing. Yeah. And his is, is a fantastic main character. Um, you know, you just empathise with him so much. But, oh, yeah, I don't know, Julian was just, he kind of stole my heart. Yeah. He was just a sweetheart. Really yeah, was. I really yeah. enjoyed it. I loved it, actually. Yeah. Um, I've read our book of the month. Okay, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but yeah. Yep. And then I've just started The Hazelwood. Okay. Um, but I'm really, really... Who's that by again? Is that Melissa... Albert. Albert, okay. Yeah. I've um, read that, but it was a long time ago. Yeah. I'm, I'm I vaguely remember it. <laughs> like a couple of pages in, I'm really not far at all. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Sounds really interesting. Yeah, that sounds um, good. What about you? Um, okay, so I've read a couple. I read... I spoke last time about um, The Charmed Wife by Olga Grishin, which I was reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was an arc. I got an e-arc from NetGalley. And... I said that it was I was persevering, but it was a little bit frustrating. Well, I ended up getting to ninety five percent of the way through and then giving up because it just aggravated oh, me. No. I know, and again, I'm not saying that the book's not good. It just oh, it just confu- it baffled me. It was so confusing, really, really confusing. I just couldn't. So basically, that the timeline isn't linear, and it kind of jumps all around all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I just felt completely lost. Didn't know what was real and what wasn't real. Yeah. But not in a, oh, that's exciting and interesting way, in a way where I just hadn't got a clue what was happening. Yeah. Yeah, And it 
it just took a turn that I hadn't expected because I knew it was an adult fairy tale retelling from after Cinderella and the prince get married. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't expected it to have so much dark content in there. It was quite, you know, it covers depression, suicide, adultery, and all this. And it, yeah. it was quite heavy and not at all what I expected and nothing like what I'd normally read. Um, so I think for me, it just didn't suit my tastes at yeah. all. I mean, there was it's funny because there's, there was almost a side story intertwined about the palace mice and how at the beginning, you know, um, Gus, Gus, Gus yes. from the movie. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a girl as well. How there's these two mice and they are Cinderella's mice and then... They keep having children, and when they die, the children take up their mantle almost and pretend to be the originals because Cinderella's so out of it she can't doesn't even tell the difference. But it's quite cute because there's this story of these mice and all the different adventures they have. Like there's one mouse that goes off and starts a rebellion and ends up falling in love with another girl mouse, and then one ends up becoming like a prophet. And and like so that the actual mouse story was more interesting for me than the actual main, the main story. story. And I would have happily just read the mouse story, uh, which tells you a lot about my reading choices. Uh, but yeah. So overall, that one just didn't sit well for me. And then another one that I think I might have mentioned last month, which I'd started, was uh, Paris by Starlight by Robert Dinsdale, which I got in a boot box. And I'm about halfway through it, and I've been reading it for months. (laughs) Like, I haven't stopped reading it, but it's taking me forever. Yeah, It's such a slow-paced book, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but it's very, very slow. I think sometimes so, you have to be in the mood for life. Yeah. Obviously, if you want fast-paced and you, you want to... Exactly. And I am more of a fast-paced, medium-paced kind of person. Hmm. It's, you know, we've talked about it before. It's one of the reasons I love Storygraph, because you can literally put in what pace of book you want and they will recommend you a fast-paced book or a medium-paced book or a slow-paced, whatever. Um, but this one is extremely slow. But the world-building is beautiful. Yeah. Now, it is mainly plot-driven, not character-driven. Um... And the characters are interesting, and the culture's very, very interesting. I think that's my favourite thing about it. And there is magic. There is a lot of magic. But I still feel like I'm just waiting to find out where on earth the story's going. So, like I said, I'm about halfway through, and I still just don't know. And it's taken a very long time. But I am still enjoying it. I just feel like it's going to be one of those where I'm reading it for the rest of the year and I'll eventually finish but it. Sometimes at some that's point. okay. Do you know what I mean? I mean yeah, it's, it's nice. one where I'm definitely in it for the long haul. I don't yeah. want to not read it, but at the same time, I know it's not going to be finished anytime soon because it is yeah. taking me forever. And it's not a particularly big book. It's just the pacing. Yeah. I think that's one of the fascinating things about books is you know you can have a gigantic book. Could be five hundred pages, six hundred pages, but if the pace is fast, you could read it in a week. Yeah. But then you've got a book which that like this one, which I think is only. 300 odd pages maybe <laughs> and literally I've been reading it for months and I, it's just one of those strange things yeah but yeah I'm um, trying to think what else oh, I've read one other apart from my book of the month and it was brilliant it was so good like I think honestly I've heard you talk ah, about it was it. so so good yeah it was really good it was it's uh, Malice by Heather Walter <laughs> and it's not out yet it's out in April um, I think the 13th or something like that um, and I was really lucky to get an art copy from uh, Delray UK, who are the publishers. And it's a dark retelling of Sleeping Beauty, but from the villain's perspective. So when I first heard of it, I thought, oh, it's going to be like Maleficent, the movie, mm. which I love. But it's not. It's basically, if you think about Maleficent cursing Aurora, you'd think it was sort of like Maleficent's descendant. Yeah. But Aurora is still around. Right. right, so Aurora's a teenager. Mm-hmm. No, lies. She's about... Oh, she's 20. 
Right. And so is the other character, who is like the villain of the story. And it's basically the villain's story. But it's so unexpectedly <laughs> good. I can't stop raving. I finished it and I put it down and I said to my partner, I was just like, oh my God, that was amazing. <laughs> because it, it just took me by surprise. Yeah. And I don't want to give too much away, but I feel like I need to say like, you know, when you come to expect like happily ever after mm-hmm. and this and that from certain fantasy books, this didn't do that. <laughs> it ripped the fan- happily ever after in half, threw it out the window and set it on fire. <laughs> and it was brilliant for that fact. Like, it, it was so, so well done. Because for the first, I mean, I had a few assumptions as well, as well as thinking, you know, oh, it'll be happy ever after because it's a standalone, because it's not a series, at least I don't believe it is. Yeah. The other assumption I made was, um, oh, it's YA, it's young adult. Um, but it's not. It's like new adult or adult. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it's a, it's also queer, so it's a gay gay retelling, and it's just brilliant. Everything about it's fantastic. The way that they use the magic, the world building, the characters, the characters are so so good. And what I love about it is the main character. Yes, she's the villain, but also she's not this stereotypically beautiful, graceful person. <laughs> she's flawed inside and well outside to other people's opinions. Yeah. Um, you know, she's not stereotypically pretty. Pretty. She's got green, scaly skin, and, and you can see her veins, which are green, because she's got green blood. She's outcast by everyone. She's treated like rubbish. She lives in a basement because nobody cares for her enough. She's treated really badly um, until, you know, she meets Aurora and different things happen. But it just, like I said, it really took me by surprise and I just can't stop ranting about it. It was so, so good because I'd heard loads of hype about it and I thought, oh, this is going to be one of those books where everybody says it's really, really good and it turns out that it's not. Yeah. And it just surprised me by how much I did enjoy it. Yeah. It's definitely a five-star read. It was fantastic. And I would really encourage everybody to read it. It was just, I can't stop saying it was so good. It just really was. Yeah. Oh, It was brilliant. But yeah, so everybody listening, read Malice by Heather Walter. It's out in April. Well, you definitely sold me on it. Yeah. Because like I said, I've heard you talking about it. Yeah, and if you love podcasts. if you love things like um, uh, Holly Black's The Folk of the Air series and Sarah J Maas, so The Fae. Yeah, yeah. So this is all about Fae. Mm-hmm. Badass. And it's really <laughs> cool. Not that Sarah J Maas is Fae and Holly Black's Fae aren't badass, but, you know, still yeah. badass Fae and it's really cool. Um, so yeah, I'm going to stop ranting about that now because <laughs> I think there's only so many times I can say cool in <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> but yeah, so let's move on. What were we talking about next? Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about um, audiobooks, which is our theme of the month. Oh, and one thing I did want to say, the reviews for the books that we've mentioned aren't on the website yet, but you can check those out in the next week or so on myendlessshelf.weebly.com or just Google My Endless Shelf. So yeah, I want to talk about... First of all, there's a big controversy surrounding audiobooks, which really gets on my nerves and really angers me, which is where a lot of people say, do audiobooks count as reading? Well, I'm here to answer your question (laughs) and to put it to rest. Yes, they do. That's it. That's the answer. (laughs) They do count as reading. If you believe otherwise, you're being a bit ignorant. I think audiobooks make reading accessible for many more people. I also think that audiobooks are more than reading in a way. You can immerse yourself yeah. in a story with audiobooks sometimes in a way that you cannot through reading alone, if you have the right narrator. Yes. Which is why we'll be talking about narrators shortly. 
because they are fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just wanted to address that because I see, I see it so many times. I've it's heard like it quite daily a lot. or weekly on Twitter. Yeah. You get questions. Does audiobook count? Do audiobooks count as reading? Do you think audiobooks count as reading? Of course they do. Yeah. You know, I know people who would never have read anything without audiobooks. Mm-hmm. I adore them, and you know, there are so many people who just couldn't read, couldn't yeah. access books before audiobooks were made. Available. Or even people that like, if you haven't got the time to read, exactly. I mean, that's yeah. where I've, a lot of my listens have come in, Yeah, where my mind's been clear, but my hands have been preoccupied, do you know yes. what I mean? And I haven't been able to sit there and physically yeah. read the book. Yeah, I do the same. If I'm too tired to hold a book at night, yeah. I'll happily put on an audio <laughs> book just so that I don't have to hold this great big hardback and smack myself in the face <laughs> with it, which is what I do nine times out of ten. Yeah, me too. You know, it's, it's, it's a great, great escape that you know they're fantastic resources for people mm-hmm. you know you can you can buy them you can get them for free from the libraries i just i just i don't understand why it's a question to be honest why they do they count as reading i, I don't understand why it's even a question i just you know my answer is yes <laughs> yes they do mine too yeah um another thing i wanted to talk about which is another big issue so just before we get into sort of our favorites and things like that is something called Audible Gate. Now we mentioned this a few episodes ago. Yeah. So this is where Audible are charging authors for book returns. So Audible basically advertise free returns and an easy exchange service as a way to get people to subscribe. I won't lie, I've used it um, because when it was pitched to me, back, you know, when I signed up to Audible, the first thing I saw was, oh, you can return any book for any reason and get a new one. Yeah. It's like it's put out like it's a library Yeah, like it's a lending service yeah. or a subscription service like 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 music where yeah. you can just listen to whatever you want. And that's how it was pitched and that's what I believed it to be for quite a while until I found out that many authors were being charged for those returns. Now, I think, you know, as readers... We kind of need to stop returning books after, say, 10%. Yeah. Because, on, on you know, if you sign up to Kindle Unlimited, uh, which is Amazon's um, subscription ebook service, you can read about 10%, and then if you don't like it, you can send it back for a refund. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, if you bought a book from a shop, you'd never take it back if you didn't like it. No. Would you? Do you know what I mean? Well, I don't know... I suppose some people would. I don't know if you're even able to. Well, I, I didn't. Never, I didn't even think you'd be it. allowed to. I've bought many a book that I didn't yeah. enjoy, and I've never once considered taking them back. I've no. just sold them on or donated it's them or whatever. Shop. Yeah. So, you know, but I'm not. I'm not obviously not saying that it's a reader issue, because you know a lot of people don't know about it, and like I said, it's the way Amazon and Audible advertise it. It's. It doesn't make sense to advertise it as a free exchange and return service when they're clawing back those returns from authors yeah. who didn't agree to it in the first place. You know, I've, I've read things where authors didn't even know that this was a practice and then just all of a sudden, I think there was a glitch in the system a few months back where authors for the first time saw that they were being charged for returns, that it was being deducted from their royalties and that had never before been explained. So it's... You know, it's a massive controversy at the moment, and if you do want to find out more about it, you can just go to Twitter and uh, search for hashtag AudibleGate. Um, but there's lots going on there, and lots there's petitions and things that you can sign. The Alliance of Independent Authors are doing petitions to try and get uh, Audible to change their practices so that narrators and writers can get, you know, the fair money that they deserve. Because it is affecting both. It's not just authors, it is narrators as well. Yeah. You know, the, the authors might make money from selling their books elsewhere, but the narrators aren't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If they lose a book, if they get a return and get charged for it, that's it. They've got no other 
income stream no. for that for those books. Okay, so we've covered Audible Gate and we've covered the whole audio do audiobooks count as reading nonsense. Um, <laughs> so let's move on to what we do love or maybe what even we don't like about audiobooks. You know, they want this to be a fair comparison. So is there anything let's start with that. Is there anything you don't like about audiobooks? Um there is for me, do you want me to go for this? I'm no, talking think, way too much. No, okay. Um I think like, do you mean from perspective point of view? Yeah, like, just from your I, personal opinion, is yeah. there anything that you don't like? I'm, I'm not much for when it's wrote in, in third person, like when the, yes. the narrator's talking to you in third person. I am person. exactly the same. I actually find it impossible almost to get into books that are written in third person. Yeah. I love first person narration. Yeah. Because it feels like the character is in your head talking yeah. to you. And I think that's the best thing about audiobooks. Yeah, sometimes I feel like when it's when it's third person, you just you're being talked at rather than yes. being talked to. Yes, and it, you can lose yourself. Yeah. And I, when when I've tried to listen to third person narration, so many times I've thought, you know, I don't I don't remember what's going on. I've zoned out. There are times where I've zoned out quite yeah. a lot. Because you're not engaged. No. If it's one person talking to you instead of someone like you said, there is a difference between someone talking <laughs> to you and someone talking at you. It is yeah. very different and. I do agree that is how it feels with third-person narration. So, yeah, I completely agree there. Um, I think another thing maybe is, you know, it's the bright narrator. Definitely. You, you can do you it. can get a narrator that doesn't match the character yeah. or the book. I mean, there's countless times where I've done it. I've started a book with Audible. Yeah. And then I've got, like, a few chapters in, and I'm thinking, I'm really not liking this. Yeah. But, then, but I'm not saying it's the narrator, because you could then listen to something else by the same narrator, and, it'll, and it'd be perfect. Yeah. But some narrators and some characters just don't mesh yeah. well. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, there's also the... You do sometimes lose... It's probably more with a third-person narration as you kind of lose that voice inside your head. Mm-hmm. So that voice, when we are reading, like, epic fantasy, where we do literally disappear and we create these worlds out of our own yeah. imagination and, and we, you know, create the characters the way we want them to and things like that. We, we imagine them in certain ways. I think you do sometimes kind of lose that. Mm-hmm. But overall, I do love audiobooks. Yeah. But like you said, I think I don't even know if I've successfully read any See, that I've, aren't I've in first person. Yeah. No, I mean that no, aren't in first aren't person. In yeah, I've read, I've listened to quite a few, <laughs> but I don't think there's any really that aren't in first person. Not that, not off the top of my head anyway, because I do just genuinely enjoy it when the characters are when it is someone talking to you. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, the, the one that we talked about before, Every Heart a Doorway? The one that I said I really wasn't much for. I don't remember that. Uh, we discussed it, I think it was last podcast or the one before that. I've slept since then. <laughs> You'll have to refresh um, my memory. Yeah, it's about the, like, the kids who, like Alice in Wonderland, the people, like the kids that yes. find the doorways now I remember. and fall down the yep. rabbit holes. Yep, yep, with you now. Um, I'm pretty sure that was third person and I, I, I couldn't get on with that either. Yeah. And I know famously the book we don't talk about, The yeah. 10,000 Doors of January. <laughs> I um, almost wrote that on my list. Yeah, which was our audiobook choice, oh gosh, months ago. It was yeah. one of our first ones. We both tried to listen to that on audio uh, on audiobook and mm-hmm. just could not do it, could we? Yeah. And I wonder whether we'd have had more success trying to read it because it's third person yeah. than we did. Because the narrator was fine. The narrator yeah. was great. Um, I just couldn't get my head round... There was too much going on yeah. for me, and I couldn't. I just couldn't wrap my head around it. That's the thing. It. That's that's what I was going to say. Like there, are, there are audio books that I've started and I've got so far. And I'm thinking, no, this isn't for me. Yeah. And then I've tried. Like I've flicked back to a different edition and tried reading it. Yeah. And I've really, really enjoyed yeah. it. And the same the other way. I was just going to say, actually, I tried to listen to Nevernight by Jay Kristoff. Mm. 
hated it. Yeah. Absolutely hated it because it, I just couldn't get into it. But I read the book and it was fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. It's one of my favourite books. It's one of my favourite series. Um, oh, and, and, and the same the other way around. Um, so uh, TJ Clune, who I've talked about countless times, <laughs> um, has got a series called the Green Creek series. It's brilliant. Now, I first tried to read his, the first book in that series, Wolf Song, on paperback, and I really struggled to get into it. Mm. So then I listened to the audiobook... And just devoured it. Yeah. Because the narrator, um, Kurt Graves, really just captures the essence of the main character, Ox. And it's just... It, it, you just feel immediately like there's a connection. Yeah. Like they're there and they are talking to you and you've got this perspective. And I didn't get there at all with the paperback and I just couldn't read it. Mm. And, and, and that's nothing wrong with TJ Clune's book, obviously. Yeah. Because it's still his book that I was listening to. You know, and he's a fantastic author. I love it. I love his work. It was just me. I preferred the audio version. Yeah. So you know, it does happen. So let's have a talk about what are some of your fa- who are your, some of your favourite narrators. And I know who you're going to say first. Has <laughs> <laughs> got to be Michael Leslie, hands down. Yeah. Michael Leslie is fantastic. He he manages to do. F- you know, wet your pants hilarious. Yeah. But with heart wrenchingly. Yeah you know emotional <laughs> just rip out your heart and make you cry yeah <laughs> you know there's so many times where he has made me laugh so loud i've woken everyone up and then i've been sobbing five minutes later yeah um and i've read you know i first discovered him with tj clune's books and then it was um a villain for christmas by alice morton no alice winters alice winters that's the one um and that was amazing too yeah and I, I haven't yet discovered anything that he's done that I haven't liked. No, I haven't. No, he's 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 definitely a narrator to, be honest, to watch. Like, there are times like, to listen to. Rather, <laughs> sorry. Just watch him talk. <laughs> um, there are times where I've specifically like typed Michael Leslie in to bring up suggestions for books. Yeah. Um, on Audible, rather than searching for a book title itself. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, you know, searching by a narrator is another great yeah. way to find books if I've you never, do like I've never a specific done it up narrator. Until, like, I know our dad does that because he really likes um, Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry, but also who's the one who does all the Terry Pratchett books? Oh, I've God. completely forgotten his name. Oh, I hope he doesn't listen to this because he'll shout at us. Um, yeah, I can't remember his name. If anybody knows <laughs> the narrator who does the Terry Pratchett books, I have completely blanked. And I don't know. I can't recall at all. Uh, but yeah, he no, he, he loves his narration and searches for books that he's read yeah. all the time. And like you said, Stephen Fry, another great example of a fantastic narrator. Um, one for me, and I, I've only read... It's actually my favourite audiobook. Um, and it's... And I've mentioned it before several times. And it's A Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue by Mackenzie Lee. Mm. And I read the book first and I really enjoyed the book. I loved it, in fact. And then I listened to the audiobook and it was just an, a surreal experience. Yeah. Because it's narrated by Christian Coulson, who plays um, Lord Voldemort in Harry Potter when he's young. So in oh, The Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, yeah. And he's now 42 or something, which I found out the other day, which made me feel ancient. I honestly felt so old. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and he narrates it. And and he is he is Monty. He is the character. Yeah. To a T. Like, perfectly couldn't even if they made it into a movie i'd still want him to do the voice because it's so utterly perfect 
and it is one it is probably my most listened to audiobook because I just listen to it on repeat. Yeah, and I, I really do. It's such it like yeah, it's times. such a comfort to me because nothing I mean, the book does deal with difficult themes. It deals with, you know, abuse, parental abuse, physical abuse, um homophobia, racism, um, you know, disability stig- uh, stigma against disability. It deals with a hell of a lot. But the book itself is so light-hearted and fun. Yeah and sweet that it's just such a comfort read for me and I just it instantly puts me in a good mood if I can't sleep I instantly I just put it on straight away yeah and it just settles me down completely it's just <laughs> definitely a favourite really is Aww. really good one good I'm trying to think who else I've already mentioned Kurt Graves who does um, some TJ Clune stuff as well mm. um, I really like you know we're, oh mind you you didn't listen to it did you The Library of the Unwritten no I didn't I listen to it I read half that read. Yeah. Um, and the narrator, what was her name? <laughs> Lisa Hannigan. Okay. Flanagan. Lisa Flanagan. Yes. Okay. Apologies, it's either Flanagan or Hannigan. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah, I, I thought she was brilliant. Yeah. I didn't, no, I didn't listen to that. I did um, read that. I'm going to mention another TJ Queen book <laughs> because I'm fangirl. And um, it was uh, Bear, Otter and the Kid by TJ Clune. Now that was again a different narrator. That was uh, Sean Crisden. I think that's how you pronounce it. And he did a, an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if I've ever cried so much listening to an audio <laughs> because I did that one. It was so emotional. Um it, yeah, it was it was really really good. Really really good. And we've already mentioned a villain for Christmas which was just funny. Yeah. Really funny. But again, touching Lots of touching moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one for me, I think we're, <laughs> we kind of, I asked you about favourite narrators, but we're kind of covering both narrators and audiobooks. I don't really think it's easy to separate them, is it? No, it's not. Um, I think because, yeah, it's not. <laughs> they go hand in hand, don't they? If it's yeah. a good audiobook, obviously it's a good narrator. So, yeah. you know. Um, another one for me was Oz by Lily Morton, which is a um, an MM romance. And, oh my gosh, Joel Leslie, who did the narration did the most perfect Irish accent I've ever heard in my life. Mm. And my thoughts were in Irish accent <laughs> for about a week <laughs> whilst listening to that because his voice was just stuck in my head mm. constantly. Um, and he just brought the character to life again, yeah. just really did bring him to life and made me laugh and made me feel, you know, emotional and all yeah. this stuff. And it was just really good. Uh, I think one more was Openly Straight by Bill Konigsberg, which is a Y, a queer YA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Pete Cross did the narration for that. And again, re- just just so immersive, just really sucked you into the story and just made you just feel like the characters were, were, were so real. Yeah. And it was just something with those particular books that I didn't get from the paperbacks yeah. or the ebooks or whatever. I think they just added such a, a new dimension to the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so good. But there's so many audiobooks I want to try. I just feel like I never have time for them. Yeah, see, I don't anymore because, like, it used to be in a position where I could listen to it all day at work. Yeah. Whereas now I can't. No. Because uh, so you're in charge now and you have yeah. to do, you've got more responsibility. I have to associate with people <laughs> and communicate. Yeah, which is, which is readers we don't like to do unless <laughs> it's about talking about books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I can't read at work because if I do, because I do a lot of writing for work, I end up just writing out the words I'm listening to, yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um, so for that, I don't listen as much as I used to, but I have listened to quite a lot. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's funny actually. I listened to a sample the other day of um, "Infinity Sun" by Adam Silvera because his uh, the sequel to that um, "Infinity Reaper" has come out recently, mm. and I do actually really want to listen to that. I can't remember whether that's first person or third, but when I was listening to the sample, I was really interested. Uh, because I used to, this is going to sound really prejudiced and really horrible, but I used to not enjoy listening to American narrators, mm. and I th- I don't know why. And I think I, th- I think I think that was a misassociation. I think everything I was listening to that had an American narrator was third person. Yeah, and I think that's where my problem was because I tried listening to Caraval, which had an American narrator, and that's third person, and Nevernight, which had an American narrator, and that's third person. And I think that's where I was getting wrong. I don't think it was the narrator, yeah. or, you know, the accent of the narrator. Yeah, yeah. I think it was genuinely that it was third person, but it did take me a while to read that. So I was, for ages I was like, oh, no, I don't like American narrators and, you know, I can't listen to them, which was obviously horrible. <laughs> um, and it took me a while to figure out that, no, it's just I don't like third person very much. But, yeah, audiobooks for the win. <laughs> Anything else you wanted to mention about them? Is there, are there any that you want to read, any that are on your radar? Mate, there's any? loads on my radar. Okay, <laughs> go on then. Um, but, like... What was I going to say before? Oh, it's gone. Her head's you've blank. Lost, you've lost my train of thought. Okay. Oh, yeah, something else that I do <laughs> like about Audible um, is when you find a narrator that actually does the accents. Yeah. Just, I don't know, I like it. Yeah. Like, not all of them do. No. I think, like, as a whole, like, you connect with it better. If yeah, do. because I, mean, I suppose one thing we should say is even though we like first person the most... Obviously, within those first-person stories, there are still other characters that the narrator is doing the voice of. Yeah. So, you know, to go back to TJ Klune, for example, the Lightning Struck Heart series, he does the voice of Sam, who's the hero. And then he does the voice of Gary, (laughs) who is so over-the-top and just awesome and funny and really, really crude. Yeah. (laughs) But he brings him to life so, so well. Um, you know, and, and and it's the same with obviously any. Like I said, I, I love Christian Coulson and the way he he does the voice for Monty in in A Gentleman's Guide. But at the same time, he does the voice for Percy and for Felicity and for Monty's dad. And even though it's this one person speaking, they all sound like completely different people. You know, he is a man, but when he does the voice of a woman, <laughs> I am picturing in my head a woman. Yeah. And it's so good how they do it, and so clever. I never stop to think, oh, that's not a woman. That's that's a man reading a woman's part. Yeah. It never crosses my mind. Yeah. It's They're so good at it. It's always, yes, that is that character, that is that character, and it just flashes it out completely. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is they are exceptional. When you do get a good narrator, it's very it, lucky. I just find it just brings it to life yeah. as well. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I do love reading, and I do love, like I said, imagining things my way and getting the voice in my head yeah. telling the story. But there is something very special about audio because it's like having your own private movie but like just a connection. In yeah, in your head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's quite a few, just going back to what you were on about before, there's quite a few um, that I've got on my list. but That you want to read, listen yeah, to and read. There's, yeah, there's quite a few that I've got the book for, like the... the audio book or the paperback that you want yeah I I do tend to do that for some reason like I'll buy it on each platform yeah when Um, I was younger I used to listen to audiobooks whilst reading the paperback yeah Um, I don't do that anymore and I don't know why I used to do it I think maybe it helped me concentrate at the time yeah and I don't do it anymore I tend to like buy it on each platform just for so say like I'm at a point where I'm listening to my audiobook yeah but then I don't know 
Oh, like if I'm, you can't listen to it anymore and you've... And I mean, we could put them on my lunch break, then yeah. I've got it on my Kindle app Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes or sense. Or I come home and, like, I can sit there with my book and... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I just, I don't know, I, just, I like flicking between all the different platforms. Yeah, I can't, I um, can't do that. <laughs> I genuinely really? can't do that. No, because if I'm listening to it, it has to be, it has to continue as that voice in my head. Oh, no, I, I can switch. I do quite Oh, like no, I that. can't. That's weird. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> That's a skill that I have not mastered. I can't do that at all. Yeah, I quite like it. Yeah, because yeah. I know if you get if you get an ebook, you can get like the audiobook much cheaper because yeah, it's a whisper sync, like isn't it? Forty nine or something. Yeah, it's like a few that. pound instead of like yeah. twenty quid, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it is quite a lot cheaper, and I have done that before, but I've I've sort of switched exclusively to one or the other, even when I have done it. Yeah, I can't do that. I'm gonna have to try that again because <laughs> I haven't. No, I haven't done that. I can't do it. Yeah, I've done it with most of mine. Yeah, most of them. The, yeah. No, the only, the only. I, am actually re-listening to the <laughs> gentleman's guide again. Um, I don't know why I do. I just have it on repeat. Um, but yeah, I do want to listen to Infinity Sun by Adam Silvera, but I don't have any others at the moment that I'm thinking of. Yeah, I'm sure I've, I will. I've got one that's been on my list for quite a while. Um, a Throne of Swans. You've mentioned that a few times. Catherine yeah. Core and Elizabeth Core. Okay. Or Catherine Core. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's books that have been on my TBR been on for so, so long. long. Yeah, I've got a feeling it's about swans and yes. thrones, <laughs> but shape shifting. Like oh, where? okay. Somebody asked this wrong. question the other day. They were like on on their book Twitter. It was like, oh, if you could have any any magical, or if you could be any magical being, what would you be? Like a mermaid, a vampire, werewolf, or shapeshifter? I was like, shapeshifter, obviously. <laughs> then you can be anything. Like you you could be a vampire and a werewolf and a mermaid if you're a shapeshifter, and you yeah. could also be a bird and you could fly and or a dragon. <laughs> I'd definitely be a shapeshifter. I'd be a dragon. Just a dragon, <laughs> or would you be a shapeshifter, or you'd just permanently be stuck as a dragon? No, no, I'd be, I'd be a shapeshifter. Yeah, I'd, I just think that's the coolest superpower. Do you think you could be anything? Yeah. Like, because what's the point? Like, some people would say, "Oh no, I'd rather be have invisibility." Why you could change yourself into a fly, and then you're practically invisible anyway. <laughs> yeah, but then you could get squished. Fine, then a d- moat of dust, dust <laughs> moat. <laughs> Nobody can squish dust. No, but you could get sucked up somebody's nose. Yeah, <laughs> that was disgusting. I'm sorry. I think it's okay. things. Um, <laughs> there you go, folks. An insight into Sophie's brain. She yeah. thinks about dust moats. When I'm not listening to noses. Audible. <laughs> what would happen to me if I was dust? Mm. Um, yeah, so there's that one. I'm trying to think what other ones I've got. That's okay, don't worry. Um, let's move on, shall we? Let's talk about our um, book club book. Yes. Which you finished yesterday. Yes. Pushing Cutting it to the... Fine. Yeah. Taking it to the limit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I finished mine a while ago because we did a buddy read, or we were supposed to. We were supposed to do a buddy read, and I finished it in the allotted time, and you did not. <laughs> well, technically I did. Did, did you? Did we have a deadline? A deadline. I think we were supposed to just roughly finish it within the week that we decided to read it. Uh, well, you didn't wait for me, <laughs> so that's on you. <laughs> yes, that's my fault for it taking you three weeks longer than we originally planned. No, I'm joking. Don't worry about it. Um, yes, yeah, so sorry. We read um, A Faux Love Story by Lonely. And for anybody who listened last time, I apologise that I did completely butcher the pronunciation of the names. I googled them afterwards and was really ashamed of myself <laughs> um so i apologize to anybody who just you know laughed at me um 
Yeah. I think that's kind of our signature, isn't it? That we can't pronounce anything. <laughs> Literally anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm probably saying lonely wrong, to be fair, uh, which is the name of the author of the book. Probably. I, I don't know. I can't, I can't pronounce anything at all. Even in the book itself, where they tell you how to pronounce the dish, faux, which I'm assuming is faux because it's a faux love story, didn't sound like that's how it was pronounced. And now I'm really confused, so I'm just, I give up. I do give up. Um, but yeah, so we, we read that, and I don't know about you, but I really, really enjoyed it. I did really enjoy it. Um, it was something very different for me because... I don't normally read romance. Yeah, so it was a contemporary YA rom-com. Yeah. Um, it didn't feel heavily romance to me. Like, it, no, wasn't, it wasn't like a romance novel. No, no. It wasn't all like, yeah. you know, heaving no, but... <laughs> chests and pressing bosoms. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm a romance lover. <laughs> That's fine. But obviously, you know, they were like 16, so no. Um, <laughs> although, not saying again that 16-year-olds don't do that kind of thing, because they do. Um, you know, not, no, no comments from me. I'm just going to shut up now. <laughs> Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was, again, it was very character driven. Yeah. There wasn't a great deal of plot, but there was enough plot to keep the pace moving. Mm-hmm. And I like, there was enough mystery. As well. yeah. yeah. And um, I figured it out not early on. See, I didn't, to be fair. Did you not? No, it was probably it was... somewhere mid to midway to like the last third. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say the, yeah. Last, the last quarter of the book, I probably was like, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, there was plot there, obviously, yeah. and the pace was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, for me, it was just the characters. Yeah. Bao, thought... Bao was my favourite. He was so cute and charming and just funny. Yeah, he was and made my favourite too. Yeah, he, he really was. And then, But Lynn as well, she was really nice. And, you know, I, I, I related to them in the way... Yeah. In a way, because even though we don't have the same kinds of uh, family dynamic... I still get that universal pressure from parents. Yeah. And that was very relatable. expectations of like... Yeah. When you leave school, you must do this. Yeah, exactly. And this this, this isn't a viable career path, but this is. And, you know, we want what's best for you, so we're going to sort of lay down the law. That was very relatable. Um, Even for a (laughs) (laughs) 30-year-old. It it reminded me a lot of my own childhood. Um, But, yeah, it it was relatable. And, you know... It was interesting. Like I said, the, the, the culture was very interesting. Mm. The food made me just want to go out and eat all of the Vietnamese uh, food I could find. It also made me want to visit the places. Yeah. Um. You know, so I, it, it was immersive. And I did really enjoy it. That's the thing. It's hard for me. I'm trying to summarise it in a way. But all I can think of is I did enjoy it. Yeah. I can't say that there's anything that I didn't like about it. No, there was nothing. Um, nothing at all. I did, I did like everything. Yeah. I thought, you know, the characters were really well developed. I thought at the beginning, obviously, the flaws were really obvious of the characters and they did grow throughout the book. They didn't mm-hmm. stay the same. They did grow and change. Yeah. Um, you know, there were different obstacles and things that they overcame. Like I said, the family mystery and stuff around mm-hmm. the feud was revealed. It was revealed a bit Romeo and, and Juliet thing. Like, it was, of, yeah, for a while. I quite like that that was referenced yes. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I get what you mean. That was yeah. Well, that's the thing. It was really good, and I don't just want to keep saying it was really good. Yeah, but it was. <laughs> so I'm not sure what else to say. Sometimes you just have to accept that it was really good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, if you haven't read it yet, you should. Yeah, I definitely agree. <laughs> I mean, uh, Lynn, who is the, the the heroine of the story, you know, she 
uh, for me, it was very strange actually because she's a painter mm. and all she did was paint. All I've done since listening to that, uh, sorry, reading that book is is draw. And, and I am not an artist in any sense of the word. No, I, I, I have no artistic ability <laughs> at all. Um, but all I've done is draw yeah. because it just made me want to. Yeah, I mean, and I write do, because I of Bauer's perspective, but it made me want to write right, as well. Right. Yeah, you're yeah. very good at art. You're selling yourself short there. You are, no, you are to, very, very yeah. artistic. But I haven't done any for ages. But then, like, the, for me, like, the way that she was describing what it's like when she paints. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I get that. Yeah. And ever since I'm like, oh, I should get my, my brushes and my paints and, and my, yeah. my canvases and everything from up the loft. And yeah. See, I, with me, I understood more Bao's perspective with his writing was much more relatable for me. Yeah. Because I do write a lot. And, um,. You know, that that really struck a chord with me. It resonated mm-hmm. quite a lot. But like I said, at the same time, it did make me want to draw. It did make me want to be artistic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was like all the characters were very well developed as well. Even the characters who you'd think of as secondary characters, the background characters, mm-hmm. they were all very unique yeah. and stood out in their own ways. So even though they weren't the focus of the story and didn't have main storylines, mm-hmm. they were all very good. So like Lynn's best friend who works at the newspaper, she was a great character. Yeah. Um, you know, Bow's best friend, another mm-hmm. great character. The the parents, the auntie, every they, they all worked really yeah. well. Yeah. And I do think it all sort of fleshed out and came to life. The chef who works at um one of the restaurants that they visit was great. Mm-hmm. I just think I th- I do think it was a very character driven book, but that the characters were particularly good. Yeah. Everything fit nicely. Yeah, yeah, exactly, definitely. And so, like like I said, there wasn't a great deal of plot there, but there was enough to keep it moving mm-hmm. whilst the characters were the driving force yeah. and they were what kept you yeah. sort of engaged and, and moving through. So it was really good, and like I said, it was so cute. It was. It was, <laughs> it was really, really cute, and I do think, you know, it was just one of those really nice... There were moments of tension, but it was one of those nice, light-hearted yeah. reads, even yeah, though there definitely. was tension but another thing though i mean when i say tension there was some quite there were some quite harrowing details from the pasts of the parents Mm -hmm. um you know so it did touch quite heavily on on immigration and and the experiences of the parents and how you know what drove them to leave vietnam yeah and you know why they did it and what their experience was that shares a similar theme actually to uh, paris by starlight which is what the book i mentioned earlier which is all about refugees yeah and it just sheds this light that you don't really think about uh, showing my privilege there. You, don't, you know, it's not something we gen- generally think about. Um, and it, it was just very enlightening yeah. and moving. And I do think that was a very important aspect to the book. I do think that sort of, you know, it, it did add a lot of depth to what could have been just, you know, not that there's anything wrong with it, but just could have just been a, a teenage love story. Yeah. There was a lot of depth added through the parents. And that's the thing, and, and throughout the book, you constantly, like, you want to know what's happened. Yeah, yeah, you do. So, like I said, even though there's not a great deal there, yeah. there's enough to keep you questioning, yeah, and, yeah. like I said, to keep things moving. So it was very good, and again, we haven't got the review up yet on the blog, but it will be up shortly, um, so you can check that out at myendlessshelf.weebly.com. And we'll be having a Twitter chat as well tomorrow, the yeah. 17th of March at 7pm UK time. Um, so come and join us. Uh, that'll be hashtag TTP book chat on Twitter, 7pm UK time tomorrow, Wednesday, the 17th of March. Um, if you can't make it, we always do a recap of the chat on the blog um, for you to check out. And we have decided to stick with the Twitter chat for now. 
and we probably will be doing because we added a, a poll and people did say that they liked the Twitter chat mm-hmm. um, idea. So, but we're also thinking of hosting a buddy read this month on Bookship, which yeah, is the we, app we've been testing. We yeah. did a book buddy read for a faux love story last month and it was really fun mm-hmm. bookships a really cool little app and um, we can have sort of a private little book club room where we can all chat you can tag spoilers you can share photos of the book you can you know have have a great time that way so if you'd like to join us just drop us an email at myendlessshelf at gmail.com and we'll let you know how to join the group and what app you need to download and everything you need to know so just drop us an email um so for this sorry i should say actually for this month's book which is um, another relatively new book, mm-hmm. which is Law by Alexandra Bracken, which released really recently. I think it was it last month or January. January. January, I think. I think. Was. Yeah. And this is a modern day Greek mythology inspired book. Yeah. Say inspired. It has the Greek gods in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pegged as having like a Hunger Games kind vibe. of vibe to yeah. it, which I'm interested in, but also cautious of. Yeah. Because I'm on the fence with Hunger Games. Um, and always have been. Yeah. I like it. And then at the same time, there's things I don't yeah. like about it. So I'm hoping it's good. I've heard a lot of good things about law. People have said it's really good. Um, but it's set in new... I won't bore you with the full synopsis this time. <laughs> so I read that last time. Butchered all of the pronunciations. So, But yeah, it's set in New York, I think modern day, and centres around a war between the Greek gods and goddesses who have been turned mortal as penance for something that they've done. And they, they get turned mortal every so many hundred or thousand years or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Um, and then mortals from ancient bloodlines who they had this war with... Um, then have the chance to kill the gods and sort of take their immortal power. Um, so I think it centres around the main character whose name is Law, and she then has to help, I think, was it Athena? I think it said that Athena lands on her doorstep injured or something, and she has to help, but one of her relations or something was um, killed by a god, so there's a bit of tension or something. So it's, it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how that goes. Like I said, I've heard really good things so I have my fingers crossed. I'm just a little bit cautious about the Hunger Games mm-hmm. kind of vibe. Oh, one thing I forgot to ask you, which I normally do a lot earlier, is what books you're looking forward to reading this month, if any, <laughs> other uh, than Law. Law. <laughs> I'm looking forward to reading that. Yes. Uh, I'm also looking forward to reading reading The Hazelwood. Yes, you've mentioned that one. Um I don't have my other planner with me. That's okay. I'm really looking forward to reading. I've already mentioned Infinity Sun by Adam Silvera, but I have an arc, an e-arc from NetGalley of Threadneedle by Carrie Thomas, which sounds really cool. Mm. It sounds like a really creepy, magical fairy tale kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I've heard nothing but good things about that. And truthfully, I kind of just fell in love with the cover. And even yeah. though I haven't got the physical book and I've just got an arc, I was still like, ooh, the cover's pretty. I'll have that. <laughs> um, so that, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to read that. I think I'm going to start that today. And uh, Shadow and Bone by Lee Bardigo, because the TV series is coming on to Netflix in April. Say. And I've read Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom, yeah, which apparently tie in. But I think a lot of the main plot is based on the Shadow and Bone series, which I still haven't read, so I'm going to try my hardest to read those mm-hmm. as well. That one's on my list as well. Yeah. So I've got to try and do that before April, yeah. which we don't have much time. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so if you do want to join us for our next book uh, chat, grab a copy of Law by Alexandra Bracken 
Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday the 13th of April to talk about that with our next episode, which is going to be all about, um, in, in honour of April Fool's Day, is going to be all about the books that make us laugh. So it's going to be all about humour, comedy, and just things that we enjoy having a good old giggle too <laughs> um yeah and like i said our uh, twitter book chat is on the 17th of march at 7 p.m uk time and that's hashtag ttp book chat if you want to join our buddy read send us an email at myendlessshelf at gmail.com and if you want any of the reviews go to myendlessshelf.weebly.com we're also on twitter at myendlessshelf and instagram under the same handle at myendlessshelf thank you very much for listening see you next month Bye-bye. bye bye